Corey, we've had a heck of a ride doing this show and brought a lot of positivity to a lot of people's lives, I hope. And man, I had fun. But unfortunately, this is our last one. Um, Got some things we need to focus on ourselves and hate to tell our listeners that this is our last episode. I guess you just got to rip off the Band-Aid. It's sad. It's sad. And I remember how it started, man, with this one voicemail. I got two words for you. I want you to simmer on it. Stock talk. Okay, that's all I got. And that's how it started. Yeah, um, at least, you know, we're we're ending on a good note here, uh, this episode with these guests here. Um, may come as a shock to some of you guys that were calling it quits, but this is the time that we're living in, and uh, we got we got some some things that we got to focus on, like Trevor said. So, nah, just kidding. April Fools. Welcome to it, boys and girls. Welcome to Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. Oh, so convenient that April Fool's Day fell on a Wednesday, huh? <laughs> oh, we couldn't resist. I uh, I hated saying the words. I was actually kind of shaking a little bit. Yeah, uh, this thing is not going anywhere after that. After that <laughs> uh, yeah, this we're we are rocking and rolling into the month of April. Yes, we are in April already. Can't believe it. Firing on all cylinders, guys. I uh, hope that didn't uh, create any rumors. But stock talks alive and well, and uh, we're bringing you content week in and week out, week out, and are committed to do so for Absolutely. the foreseeable future. So, boy. That was crazy, but this episode's <laughs> an incredible one. Uh, I don't care who you are, what species you're involved in. Uh, grab your folks, tell your friends to listen to this one. If they've never listened to one before, uh, this would definitely be in the top five. So, oh, it if this thing doesn't generate tens of thousands of listens, I will be shocked because of the magnitude that this episode represents, especially given the environment that we're in right now. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of the environment, uh, a lot of uncertainty, as we've said many weeks, we're not going to dwell on that too hard. Um, there's exciting things happening, some alternatives, some um, ways to ease your mind. If you've got livestock in the barn, one of which comes from the best people around Walton webcasting is doing a cyber stock show in April this month. They're coming out with a cyber stock show, kind of a bracket buster is what they're calling it. And, all I'm going to say is I've got some information about this show and you need to turn it, tune in to Walton webcasting in April, follow their social media and go to their website in the coming weeks to get more information. But the cyber stock show is going to be a brand new way to show livestock virtually. And it's not going to be like anything that's ever been done before. So pretty anxious to see what comes of the cyber stock show from Walton webcasting. Yeah, lots of virtual shows happening, happening, uh, and to no surprise, Walton, a leader in the industry, is taking that on. Very uh, interested to see how that happens, um, and looking forward to uh, to that as a 
as an alternative, um, obviously the live shows is what everybody wants. Right. Uh, but this is kind of cool, uh, test drive at what a virtual stock show could look like. And, uh, who better than to host one than the folks at Walton Webcasting? I know we say it all the time, like livestock, like you've never seen it before. Well, <laughs> they're saying true to that. <laughs> yes, they are. They are saying true to that. Um, so here's here's one thing that we talk about in, in this episode with these guys is, is as discouraging as some of these postponements and cancellations are, what's crazy to me is seeing that the people that are truly dedicated to this industry are still buying livestock. Oh yes. And they, you know, and that, that makes us as, as producers, as enthusiasts, as supporters, as passionate people of the industry, um, as, uh, thought leaders, very excited to see that that is still live and well. Um, and, uh, we know that there's some uneasy feeling out there, but I will tell you this, there's been so many, uh, so many livestock being sold and moved here in the last couple of weeks. It's gnarly to me. Yes. Um, and I will say this, if you are in the show pig market, which we all know, uh, has a lot of pigs to sell and move this time of year, there's no better place. Obviously you can't have a live sale right now. There's no better place to host your sale than on showpig.com. That's because the truth. If you are looking for more exposure and 24 seven brand promotion there, you got to be on Showpig. And one of the cool things that showpig.com to do can do is we're in this virtual world. And if you haven't established an online presence already, or you're looking to rebuild, redesign and help your program, uh, you know, have the best brand image that it can, even if you're the smallest of businesses or operations, make sure that you can stay competitive in this ever-growing, fast-paced industry that we're in. And having a website that is mobile-friendly and responsive is extremely imperative. Well, especially I mean, I now that everybody's home. I mean, yeah, I've got my phone in my hand a lot the way it is, but exactly. I'm flipping through showpig.com and I see everybody's website that pops up on that website. Yep. So why not be a part of that? Uh, Absolutely. Speaking of, so, the uh, sorry to cut you off, but the LVS oh, yeah. Rumo Genetics Customer Appreciation Sale is happening today. That's right. Got, uh, on? On showpig.com, of course. It wouldn't go anywhere else. Oh. Almost 100 lots. Pretty neat stuff. A lot of cool people. Check it out. Exactly. So just goes to show you um, this that, that we are rocking and rolling here. Um, so if you don't have an online presence, the showpig.com team can design a creative brand promoting website just for you to make an impact and reach potential customers because obviously we need potential customers right now. Uh, what's crazy to me is that a company like showpig.com, not only can they help you sell them, but they could build you a website to help you be on the cutting edge and have, have your brand recognized uh, on the interwebs. Yes. As they say, yes. So, well, um, Trev, another thing that I think we should probably talk about here in this intro is the amazing outpouring of people that submitted their videos for the hats. That was the coolest stuff ever. The hat giveaway. I mean, unfortunately, we only could give away five, but holy cow. I mean, there was, uh, 
a young lady who was blowing her calf, just jamming the stock talk. There was an awesome video of a group of kids. Uh, the calf had a hat on, and they were all fitting it up yep. in the barn there. Um, Got Snapchat videos. Snapchats. Of guys walking through barns feeding sheep and stock talk playing in the background. Man, Love it. It's good stuff. So rep the brand loud and clear. Um, hope you guys enjoy those hats and everybody who didn't receive one, we saw them. We appreciate every single one that you guys sit in. Unfortunately, uh, we can only give away so much and, um, gotta love that. So, um, now I do want to bring up another thing. I was flipping through, um, you know, the livestock photographers in this industry are incredible. I mean, Mm -hmm. they come from all over. Um, but I stumbled upon a really interesting group that's not very, uh, or that is a household name. They're not very small, and everybody knows about them, and rightfully so. Legacy Livestock Imaging. I was on social mm-hmm. media the other day, and I was uh, looking through some of their amazing pictures. I wouldn't mind having some blown up and posted on my wall. I'm just going to say that. Oh, no doubt about it. And the uh, backdrop photos they have, all the livestock look good. Um, kind of random yeah. piece of information, but... Um, Heidi and her team are incredibly gifted. Yes, Incredibly yep. gifted. Uh, that is, um, case in case folks are wondering why we're talking about them, uh, it's because Legacy is a great supporter of what we do here at Stock Talk. And um, we want to make sure that you guys and that we can support them as well. So check out uh, Legacy Livestock, um, all their social channels. Their their social media channels are awesome. Yes, uh, they just have pictures that they get and stuff. It's multi-species, very cool. Um, obviously, us as enthusiasts love to to see those images being taken. But anyways, um, love our folks there and thankful for their support. So, um, Trev, we got an awesome interview here. Holy smokes. Got a duo this time. Um, Two guys that have done an incredible job of adapting and overcoming. And uh, you kind of spearheaded this of putting it together on the back end. And man, um, what a, I mean, we say this a lot and I'm sure people are a little tired of us hear, hearing that. But um, truly, this one is awesome. Um, yeah. Got a little teary eyed at times. Hair started standing up on the back of my neck just from the words that these passionate people have to talk about. So, Let's hit him with it. Who we got on today's episode? Well, Trav, this duo here, like you said, when I got in contact with with them, um, I knew we were in for something good. And it's mostly because these these two guys were instrumental in developing a livestock show in a, in a matter of days uh, and helping the youth of Texas get supported with the cancellation of one of their biggest stock shows when it comes to sheep and goats. The other thing is that both these guys are extremely passionate about their faith and they understand what it takes to thrive in this livestock industry and have both done a tremendous job with their careers. I'm looking forward to it. You guys should be too. Welcome to the show, Kevin Mock and Austin Voiles. Guys, thanks for uh, joining us on such a crazy time. Uh, I guess now we all kind of, we may have a little bit more time now to talk livestock. So uh, we want to know a little bit about yourselves and uh, 
where you guys are from. So, um, Austin, let's just start with you, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, I am from the 806. Uh, Reckham. And that's right. That's right. Yeah. Just out, grew up just outside of Lubbock, Texas, a little town called Cotton Center, which is about the size of the office that I'm in now. Um, <laughs> very, very small, uh, small six man football community in the panhandle of Texas. Uh, graduated from Texas Tech University in 2010. I uh, got my master's degree at uh, West Texas A&M University in 2012. Kind of shimmied around here and there, but I uh, have always found my way back in the Panhandle. We live just outside of Amarillo, Texas now. Uh, my wife and I um, own a uh, graphic design and marketing company. Uh, and then recently we decided to get our feet wet in the print side of it um, with the Purple Circle magazine, a magazine that's been around uh, since the early 1980s, we took that over, um, about 14, 15 months ago today, uh, give or take, we were talking about that this morning. Um, we run that out of our house, uh, married to a livestock photographer, um, raising a, an, a, an 11 month old, hopefully livestock kid at this moment. So <laughs> actually turns one on thursday so wow big week awesome yeah. well we'll dig more into to that a bit later but uh kevin we also got you on here tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from yeah so i was uh, raised in a little town of kyle texas it was a little town between san marcus and austin um, on a small farm we raised uh, a little bit of crop and then uh, show goats and show pigs I uh, went to Carlton State University, graduated in 2007 with my ag ed degree. Um, had intentions of ag teaching until I got to deal with some uh, administration. And I took a job right out of college um, with ADM Mormon Showtech as a Texas show feed specialist. Um, was with them a little over two years and then left ADM and went to work um, at that time with Ridley. Um, for the Showrite brand as a national accounts manager for Showrite, and then we were purchased by Alltech um, and stayed with them for several years. In April of 2017, um, I left the full-time feed business and uh, took a job as the chief operating officer for M5 Utilities, which is a large civil construction company um, in Bernie, Texas, right outside of San Antonio. Was that, life, was that a family uh, deal? Uh Yes and no. It's uh, family friends. So uh, a previous business relationship that I had actually with the Mackin family. Um, my wife and I um, still own and operate Mock Livestock. And uh, Mock Livestock is more of a, we raise some goats still. Um, a little bit of uh, buck and donor production. Um, raise some show weathers. And then we um, own and manage the Friday Night Fever weather sale. And then co-own with Jason Spence, the Friday Night Fiesta weather sale. Cool. Still heavily involved in the business. You bet. Or Friday Night Fiesta production sale. I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you guys, uh, you guys both obviously would still be involved uh, in the business in some shape or form, uh, given uh, the big undertaking that you guys uh, had just uh, not too long ago. Um, and I think 
uh, we can just jump right into things. So uh, Trevor and I have talked on the show here the last couple of weeks just about our feelings uh, towards what's happening in our world right now. Um, but uh, we have a Midwest flavor, um, and obviously there's a lot of uh, things have been impacted in the show stock world a lot more in the South recently uh, than they have in our, in our world's transportation, I will say has been a little bit of a pain. Um, but that's uh, the extent I think of what we're feeling and obviously people getting nervous for County fair season and stuff like that taking off. But um, what are some, uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. What are some, uh, some of the feelings that folks are having down South now that major show season is essentially over with um, and what shows that were going to be held have been held. Uh, but as we kind of get into uh, you know, getting and and selling livestock and stuff like that right now. How how are people feeling down your way? You know, it's definitely um, a feeling of uncertainty from the the guys of us that make our living or make part of our living in the business. Um, you know, because what are things going to bring? We won't have another. I guess right now we're kind of wrapping up um, December, January kids. You know, that are be targeted towards our state fair in October or uh north american or kansas city um either one um and then we won't have another big sale season until in the may early june when we start selling weathers again which is where our producers in texas and oklahoma make the majority of our money mm-hmm. um and there's definitely some some anxiety and uncertainty about it you know what what are things going to hold our kids um sheep and goat side in texas didn't get um, burned too bad, not near as bad as the as the pig and cattle kids did in Texas. Because at least our at least our sheep and goat kids got to show them and sell them at Houston, and then um, with the Keep It Weird show, you know they got a, a place to come show and maximize return on investment. So from a financial standpoint, other than some of these late county fairs, um, the the families showing them haven't got too much of a taste of it yet. Um, there's definitely some anxiety from the guys raising them. Right. Well, and you guys have, uh, as far as just the the selling standpoint goes, I don't know if you've been, you probably are like me and watch these online sales regularly this time of year, just making sure that stuff is selling. And uh, it, it has been positive to some degree. Obviously, the guys that have been doing it for a while are still selling them um, and, and selling them pretty high still. Um, so that's correct. I mean, that's yeah, I've talked to, to, yeah, I've talked to most of the guys that are selling them. Um, and it's been encouraging. Um, you know, I think Blue Team's sale average last week was the highest one they've Stupid. ever had. Wow. <laughs> um, some, some of the other guys, you know, they're definitely selling well. Um, so that's that's definitely encouraging. Um, I don't know. I, I've been in the business for 20 years. And through recessions, through different oil prices, um, you know, I can't say that we've ever seen a huge slough. People that do this, families that do this, it's what they spend their disposable income on for their kids, and they find a way to do it. The livestock community is pretty resilient, as is the fishing community or the sports community. Um, so I, I think especially the guys on top um, that are raising good stock, um, that have some customer service along with that, and the ones that still market, through avenues such as Purple Circle or other things. I think those guys are going to be okay, especially on the higher end of things. Um, definitely time will tell what it looks like, you know, big picture economy on, on what the bottom end of the market holds this summer. 
Right. Well, that you but kind of bring up. I mean, the last two weeks has been as strong as ever, though. Really yeah. online. Yep. Yep. Well, you bring up an interesting deal, and Austin, I kind of want you to hit on this. From obviously, you guys are in the information sharing business, uh, like we are. Um, from from your perspective, are you guys taking on some any you know any initiatives or things like that to maybe kind of curb people's appetite uh, while while we're here at a standstill or? Uh, what's kind of some ideas that you guys have had uh, just internally with, with the magazine and stuff? Well, I think we've seen, you know, the demand from the producers that are normally going to, you know, this is our really just our first turnover, um, you know, in terms of seasons for us, you know, we, we picked up last January. So made it through, you know, our second, uh, just this last year, our second round of, of major livestock shows going into the, you know, show sheep and show goat marketing uh, turn down here in the south and we see guys looking for different ways you know we have uh, uh, really been uh, pitching our you know, kind of gone five years post dated and went back to our uh, our email marketing system I see that somebody I don't know who's you know who we're uh, whose screen we're sharing here but somebody has 621 unread emails hopefully some of those are purple circle ones would help <laughs> our open rate and our click-through rate if you go ahead and find those but you know guys are calling us looking for different ways um you know our print magazine still delivers but um we are uh, pushing our way into some video segments we had some big plans for for houston and those got uh, obviously our our misfortune was minor compared to you know those exhibitors and some of those breeders but but we had some plans as well to roll some stuff out at houston we're going to press forward with that. Obviously the, the, the subject matter is going to look um, just a little bit different uh, from, from that perspective, but guys that are, uh, I guess it's the uncertainty that that's, you know, kind of muddy in the water a little bit, but you know, I echo those thoughts, you know, watching, I watched outlaw show goats sale last weekend and that was um, an awesome sale for those guys too. And, you know, it just shows, but they've never done it the way that they did it last weekend. So uh, guys just looking for different ways um, to, uh, to, to weather this storm and, and get through this time really. Yep. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's amazing that some of these guys are still selling the way they are. And I think, uh, you know, a loyal customer base, um, you know, travels no matter uh, where you're at, but uh, we're, we're resilient. And speaking of, and uh Kevin, you kind of mentioned this a little bit before uh, about the Keep It Weird show, and uh, we want to dig into a little bit of that about both of your involvements and such. Uh, first and foremost, such a unique name. Where did the name come from? And uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how it came about and the process of creating the Keep It Weird jackpot show. Um, the name, Austin's a very liberal hippie town, <laughs> and there's a... Uh, T-shirts and slogans, whatnot, keep Austin weird. And so Rodeo Austin um, the town. has adapted the, town. Let's the be name. Very specific. Okay, it's the town, <laughs> not me. Do what? I just want everybody that's listening to know that you're talking about the city of Austin, the capital of Texas, not... Correct. Not Austin Boyles. Well, we, we can keep Boyle, Austin weird too. Kind of a weird guy too. <laughs> uh, no, the city of Austin is definitely a liberal town. Um, hook them horns if you're into that. Um, we'll leave that rest of the jokes uh, on the sidelines. But 
the rodeo Austin adapted the slogan two or three years ago, I believe, um, where weird meets Western to keep with the Austin um, theme. And so I was thinking about this show and I just said, Hey, let's keep it weird, you know, keep, keep the same theme. So uh, that's kind of where the name came from. Um, myself and Austin Voiles and John Mark Mackin um, started getting together a week or 10 days before Houston, actually, with the hope that Houston and or Austin did not cancel their shows. But if they did, we wanted to be prepared that we could give the kids a show um, that they could come show at. So we started doing some planning. It, it was just, just group text and individual conversations at first, started looking at facilities on where we could thought we could host it. And, and really it didn't blow up quite as big as it ended up being until the day that Houston announced they were going to cancel. Mm. And that's when um, we kind of created a group text with 25 of us um, that kind of took the lead and ran with it from a volunteer organization and fundraising standpoint. So walk me through a little bit. Um, uh, Austin, go ahead and take this one. Uh, you know, they just canceled Houston uh, due to, you know, the, the uprising of uh, all the different things. So how did you maneuver or how did the group maneuver uh, where to have it, how to do it, and still being able to do it uh, from a public perspective? Well, so I, I, may, I may need to take that one. Well, yeah, that's. Kevin did a, a whole lot of that. So that's probably, you know, that the details and nuts and bolts of, of where we had it and, and the legality issues. That was a Kevin and John Mark deal for sure. All right. Well, Kevin, what, what's, uh, how'd we do that? So we looked at a couple of different facilities um, here uh, close to, close to Bernie or where we live, Kendall County. Um, one of them was in Kerrville and it, and it, it was a, a, city and county owned bit or owned facility. So that ended up getting shut down. Um, what we ended up having it is the Kendall County Youth Livestock and Equestrian Center. And that is uh, between Bernie and Comfort. It's actually where we have our county fair or our, our junior livestock show. I'm sorry. And what was key to that facility was it's a privately owned facility. Mm. It's outside the city limits and it's privately owned by two joint 501c3 organizations. So that that was key um, to being able to have it there. We were fully insured for the event, um, managed it very professionally, and planned it there. It was a big enough facility to host it. We had 300 or so pins set up and then had space for 100 or more trailers for people to show off the trailers. So it was, it was big enough. It was centrally, centrally enough located, and it was privately owned is kind of what what – made us choose that facility. Stock Talk Podcast presents the Build Your Legacy Scholarship. The winner will receive $1,000 and a feature on a future episode. Eligible applicants must be ages 16 to 21 as of January 1st, 2020, and must be actively involved in the show stock industry. Applications must be submitted by midnight, May 29th, 2020. Applicants must complete an application by going to stocktalk-podcast.com and submit a three to five minute video answering these two topics. One, tell us your story. And two, how will the show stock industry help you build your legacy? 
Also included in this application must be a letter explaining how this scholarship will help you achieve your goals. Folks, share, like, and subscribe to Stock Talk Podcast. Visit stocktalk-podcast.com today and submit your application. Back to the show. Now, I saw uh, one of the things that I thought was so cool is both uh, you guys in that alternative show, you guys came up with your branding and your logos and all that stuff pretty fast. Uh, I thought that was kind of neat. And yeah, that uh, Austin helped us a lot with that. I, mean, I was going to say, I, I thought that might be a good uh, a good way to throw Austin in here. Um, so obviously, uh, lots of fundraising efforts went into this, and I'm sure that uh, having a having a logo that's kind of recognizable, a one off kind of a deal. Um, is pretty, pretty special. So from, from that standpoint, obviously you want to make it fun uh, for the kids to still enjoy stuff and these families to feel like they're getting a, a good experience. So just from that standpoint, when it comes to, um, you know, getting these uh, donations and, and this logo and all this other stuff that went into it, Austin, what was some of the, some of the fun and challenging parts of, of getting all that done in a short period of time? Yeah, my, my wife and I were at Houston and, and kind of in the trenches when the question started, and it was a kind of odd how fast that spread in that barn from, no, everything's good, they're not shutting down the livestock show, to well, they have, Houston has, I don't know, well over 100, like 32-inch TVs hanging from the ceiling that, you know, what class is in, what class is coming. All of a sudden, those went black and said, the grounds are closed at four o'clock today. You know, stay calm and exit the building kind of deal. Wow. Um, it, 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 we kind of went into zombie mode and uh, then they called a, you know, a meeting up to the ring and told everybody, this is the, this is what's going to happen. But, and I think it might've taken a, it, it, it helped to have the push of the two guys that were judging as well and their approval. Um, uh, but we will finish the sheep and goat show. And that changed, you know, everybody's attitude for the time being. <clears throat> I took a step outside, started talking to Kevin and John Mark on the phone, uh, ran back to the holiday Inn there on the grounds um, and started on, you know, a few ideas. Uh, we're lucky day to day that we work with people that, that well, I think one of the requirements that my wife has for me that I have for my wife and we have for the people that work in our group I think Kevin can attest to it because we get to work with, you know, MB genetics and M5 utilities often is, is when something comes up, there's like the, the lack of excuses in our operation, I think is what makes it work. Um, well, no, I'm, I'm at Houston. I'm busy. I got to walk. No, we just do it. When that name, keep it weird came and, you know, that's been a part of the city of Austin for a, a while and, you know, tie to it, but don't tie to it too much. Um, we sat at the tavern on the green, uh, just outside of San Antonio. Um, not too long after that, it was because of the free Wi-Fi, not because of the tavern part. But <laughs> we sat there, sure, and sure. it was all hands on deck, and we and we we made that happen. Kevin was, uh, I say this funny, but I, I know I know Kevin does a lot. Kevin is notoriously hard to get a hold of a lot of times, um, but huh. we all knew the, uh, you know, the size of that situation and what needed to happen. And, and a lot of those livestock guys are, are hard to get a hold of sometimes. 
it was amazing how fast we were communicating in that group text, how fast phone calls were happening, how fast things were happening. Uh, and the, the snowball of fundraising um, was just evidence of how, you know, how in this some of those livestock guys are and the, and the outside community as well, because I don't know, our total was somewhere over $400,000. Um, and that did not come in 20,000 at a time, 50,000 at a time. Several of those guys were hundred bucks, 500 bucks, 1500 bucks on up to those guys that gave big money. Um, and each person in there contributed, you know, they were calling their buddies that they knew wanted to be a part of it. And that happened crazy fast. Um, uh, and it was, it was very, very neat to watch, uh, you know, sitting behind the cell phone, but, but the speed of communication from all of those guys was, was awesome. And that sure helped us, um, get that, get that together. Well, Corey and I were in this, in the truck actually, uh, when we saw this coming, coming together, we didn't even think twice about it. Uh, we knew this was going to happen. And then, uh, the alternative show and everybody it's amazing you know it, it kind of stinks that something like this has to happen but it just goes to prove h- how resilient we all really are and when uh when people need something uh us livestock folks know how to reach out and continue the phone chain and and get it to work so um i think it's awesome what you guys have done uh, in such a short time and to raise that much money, I'm sure there was smiles in that barn when the kids were exhibiting. Uh, and I feel like up here in the Midwest, uh, we may have to get creative ourselves. But uh, you guys are proof that it can be done, and uh, it can be done quickly uh, at a very high level. So that's awesome stuff. And um, I want to dig in. We'll, we'll kind of pull some of that back into, but Corey, um, we have to get into some segments if we go any further. Sure do. All right, guys, this is Topics from a Hat, brought to you by Fierce Threads. Fierce Threads is the only screen printing and embroidery company we utilize to get our merchandise made. You should, too. All right, so, Kevin, this will be a question for you because I think it's interesting, especially because we're getting ready to talk about how show day was at the Keep Weird Jackpot and what the experience was like. So, um, But this comes from uh, from Robin on Facebook. Uh, they want to know which piece of equipment is a must when showing sheep or goats. Uh, a blanket. Mm. I like it. It's probably the most basic, but for sure something that's, that's a must have. So why like would, it. why would you say the blanket? Well, well we're for the, showing for the pig here, guy. And if you're going to, do what I said. That's, yeah, that's for the big guy here, asking. So if you're going to keep them clean or cool or warm, you, you got a blanket, and there's one designed for each of those. There you go. You know, we've got solid blankets for the winter time. We got breathable blankets for the summertime, and both of them keep them keep them uh, clean. So that's what I'd say. There you go, Robin. Thanks for asking. Uh, there's a plethora of pieces of equipment to utilize. Uh, when showing sheep and goats, uh, you could run through a million of them, um, brace boxes and treadmills and walkers, you name it. Uh, but you never, never underestimate the power of the most basic pieces of equipment. Um, okay. So that's going to take us into show day. Um, and obviously the, all the, uh, 
all the preparation, all the craziness comes down to, uh, you know, to the day where these kids are getting given the opportunity to show. Um, and I kind of want both your perspectives here on how all that went and, um, maybe whoever wants to start, take us through kind of, I'm sure it was a whirlwind. Um, and, and you probably missed some stuff uh, that happened throughout the day. Um, but you know, how was the show set up for those kids to exhibit? Um, and then, you know, kind of how did things start, start in the day? Yes, it was, um, man, it, it was, I don't know that they can be more organized than Houston or San Antonio, but it was as organized of a show as I've, as I've ever attended. Um, and that's due to the amount of volunteer help that we had. And the show schedule was we, we had we had more volunteers than we needed. We actually told some of them we didn't need help because it was it was huge the amount of financial and, and labor um, that we got donated to the thing. We had a meeting um, with the facilities on Friday and then we set up everything. A bunch of kids from our, our local 4-H club set up on Friday and Saturday. We set up pins, um, got the facility ready, which is a nice facility anyway. Had a meeting with what we deemed the group text committee. So if you were on the group text, we had a meeting um, at the facility Sunday evening um, to kind of delegate roles, responsibilities, um, tell them how we had everything set up. We ended up expediting every part of the schedule. Um, at that point, we knew that it was going to be much bigger than what we'd initially planned on. And so we'd initially said we, we weren't going to allow trailers to start coming in until 8 o'clock Monday morning. Weight cards were going to be due at 6 o'clock Monday evening, and we were going to start showing at 9 o'clock Tuesday morning the following day. We ended up letting trailers um, come in as they showed up Sunday night late, and then we shut the gates off about 9 or 10 o'clock Sunday night. And then we had uh, – college kids and volunteer help. We were fully staffed and ready to accept trailers and give pin assignments and take entry data at four o'clock on Monday morning. Jeez. And there was trailers lined up ready to roll. Um, so we started accepting those. This is right in the time that, um, the president, the governors, county commissioners, mayors, I mean, cities are shutting down. It's, it's kind of everybody's deciding what their stance is going to be on it. So the internal group of us, we met and talked mid-morning. Everything's going pretty smooth from a check-in standpoint. We were like, hey, if we can get to 2 o'clock this afternoon, we feel like we're in the green to have a show tomorrow. Around 1.30, we got a call from a local official that said effective eight o'clock Tuesday morning, there was going to be a large gathering span. Mm. So we announced, I don't know, Austin, we announced around two o'clock on Monday that we were going to expedite our schedule, that weight cards would be due. We needed, so we, we ran this thing with, with show works with the help of, uh, Miss Lori Titsworth, who's a lady here that runs a lot of shows, she's got an awesome program that she set up in conjunction with show works. And we had Rodi off, actually competitive events, um, ladies here to help us ran it. And we stopped taking, we had to do entry, entry cards, no different than you would mail in for a major show. 
but you do those months in advance. So we had to process 700 entry cards on that day. Wow. And you had to turn an entry card in in order to get your weight card. So we had your legal release and, and all your information for payment. We announced around 2 o'clock that we were going to stop taking entries at 4. And we were going to – weight cards were going to be due at 5. And then we were starting the show at 7 o'clock that evening. Oh, and man. we would show through the night um, until we were complete. Wow. In order to be – and our barn had to be cleaned up. And we had to be completely evacuated before 8 o'clock the next morning. So uh, it, it all happened pretty fast, but man, it was amazing how smooth it went. Um, it, it was it kind of went off without a hitch. Austin can fill in there some um, with what he experienced, but that was probably you know the thing that two things really stood out to me. And we made remarks a, a bunch of times, but um, you know I got my first chewing, my first bud chewing at like five fifteen that morning, um, and I think that was my last one. You know, to to run three, four hundred families or rigs through there, and everybody's just kind of okay with going with the flow, and everybody realized the magnitude of of what we were trying to do in the short amount of time, and respected that. Uh, you know, the exhibitors and and they were good with it. Uh, and then how uh, when you walked through where we had everybody, you know, on the I guess that'd be the east side of, of our facility. Um, it's a really a large rodeo arena. That's what it's used for, just a big open rodeo arena that's paneled <clears throat> around the outside edge. And, and that's where we, you know, we, we wanted people to set up camp. We had limited space uh, by the pins. We wanted everybody to, to show boxes, stands, blowers, coolers, you know, all the things that, 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 you ha- that you're required to take, right, that mom requires you to take to the stock shows. Um, and your blankets, of course, (laughs) say again, sorry. And your blankets, of course. Well, yeah, blankets, (laughs) the most important part. Uh, but all of that on the other end and, and the interaction that you could see, you know, either from the crow's nest or walking through, um, kids that had no clue who each other were, they were throwing footballs, they were roping, they were, you know, uh, nobody was on their phones. Everybody was kind of hanging out. And that was a, the atmosphere was kind of hard to explain how positive people were, you know, they come out of, of not getting the show and then getting the show and what that did to their, you know, the positivity of all of our attitudes really was, uh, was a cool thing to be a part of. I, I certainly appreciated that. I think it would, it would change. It may have changed a lot of people's outlook on just how fragile this thing can be. Um, and, and maybe curb some mindsets too. the, where the next time they think about chewing out somebody that's putting on a show, they might think again um, in the future, which I think, you know, haphazardly a, a positive thing. Unfortunate that it has to be in this, uh, this uh, arena the way it is. But I think that's something that's uh, kind of a, a, another cool takeaway, I guess you could say from, from that. And to hear that you only had one butt chewing that you remember is pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it, it, we were pretty black and white with the people who felt the need to uh, be grumpy <laughs> when they showed up. <laughs> You know, if you go back to our rules, there was three big, bold rules at the top of the list. And I think it was be nice, have an open mind, and help kids. Yep. And if you weren't willing to do all three of those things, I mean, there there was two or three people that we asked them to leave. We said, hey, the, the gate that you came in, it works the same way if you drive out. 
And, yeah. um, you know, one gentleman told me, he said, well, y'all are just taking away from my daughter. And I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's about 50 volunteers here and $400,000 of donated money to help your daughter. And if you can't appreciate that, you know, you're more than welcome to leave because there's other options. You can haul them things to the sale barn if you want. Right. And when you put it to them like that, you know, they change their mind. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. Um, well, and that's, that's something too, that, uh, from, from that standpoint of, of the, the donors, uh, the volunteers, all that stuff. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into that process. Um, from that standpoint, what were some of the, kind of the, the best stories, I guess, or moments that were involved in that? I mean, other than not getting a butt chewing and, and giving these kids an opportunity, what were some cool things that happened uh, that really stand out outside of those things? I can, I can run this one at first. Um, so uh, there's a family, they're, they're from up around us. They've, they've been in this for a long, long time. Uh, they show fairly successfully on both sides of the ring. Um, I guess more so probably goats and sheep. It's the snap family, twin boy and girl seniors. Um, and, uh, they came and they showed, um, eventually the, uh, young lady, uh, of the twins, uh, was the reserve grand champion. But when she won her division, uh, her dad's on the sidelines. Dad's pretty recognizable. Um, you know, I just walked over there towards him and said, Hey, you know, congrats, just to, just to congrats. I was just going to pat him on the back. And, uh, he big burly guy. Um, I think he's in like the construction equipment sales business. Uh, big cowboy hat, big cowboy <laughs> hat all the time. Um, immediately broke down and, uh, kind of caught me by surprise. Uh, he wrapped me up in a big bear hug and, 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 and just kept saying, thank you. And then when he finally let me breathe a little bit, uh, he said last week, you know, referring back to, you know, the end of Austin last week, that girl was crushed because she couldn't show. And then all he said was you guys fix that, which, mm. I kind of walked around the corner, you know, and composed myself. But like that, I mean, that was pretty was, that they have won a lot. Um, they have been very successful in the last 10 years. And I would venture to say that that's just, that, that we and the, the people that, that volunteered, the people that donated, the people that the, the judging teams that worked the ring, the, the, I mean, everybody that was involved had a small part in a giant impact in that girl's life, her brother's life, and her and her family's outlook on you know one of the really the crappiest times in a long illustrious show career that they could remember um, just by doing the things we know how to do and coming together and 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 making it happen. So that that the, the Snap family and Brent's reaction what he genuinely said to me. And I know he said it to a few others, uh, that that'll, that'll stick for a, that'll stick for a long, long time. I, I would say, man, the whole event for me, we've been more than fortunate in our career, both in the pig side, um, and the goat side, my family, our business, our friends, our clients, 
we have definitely won more than our share um, for several years. And this event, man, God had his hands on it, in it, around it, the whole thing. And it's definitely the highlight of my career. I mean, no doubt, nothing comes close. The whole thing was, was the pinnacle. Just seeing it, getting to be a part of it, getting to be involved with, you know, the 30-plus people that, that had a hand in making it happen and the 200 financial contributors um, that made it happen, just being a part of all of it, there's the pinnacle of my career. I mean, I, it'd be hard to point out one exact instance, you know, or one highlight of the thing. The whole thing was great. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it'd be interesting to talk uh, talk to those guys that sorted um, too, just to get get their perspective on it too. Uh, you talk about moving the timeline of the show up and and them guys judging through the night. Uh, what time did the show get over officially? One, I didn't leave the barn until three o'clock. Um, I think we selected our champion goat at about twelve forty five, and our champion sheep at about one thirty. One thirty. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Um, I mean, and, those guys you know, are, we made announcements. We made announcements all day that this is all volunteer. The facility has to be cleaned. You know, if we have to have pay to have the facility cleaned, that that comes out of the kids' money because it was a hundred percent payback. Um, we didn't keep any money. We had money donated to pay the facility rent. And um, you know, please help us with this. I mean, there was hundreds of trailers in the parking lot. Over a hundred trailers, people were showing out of a camp set up, and we just made a few announcements. You know, didn't overbear it. Just, if you could please just, it, we, we made the show terminal. So, like, hey, your trailer's going to be empty when you leave. If you could just take everything with you that you brought, just throw all your trash in the back pen and leave, we'd appreciate it. Man, when I walked out of that barn at two o'clock in the morning to to kind of start cleaning, and the parking lot was clean, I was mad. I mean, it was incredible. That's cool. It, it, it was it was pretty cool. Huh. You um you you talked about those guys that judged I don't know if he listened or not, who knows, but I think Jeff Ellerbrock genuinely thinks that we are like off our rocker. Right? Like I think he <laughs> I don't think he knows what to expect. Um he you know, I was kind of his point of contact. He had done a judge's spotlight for us in the magazine and and when all this was happening and you know, somebody took our goat judge and I took Jeff and, you know, just kind of said, Hey, you know, roll with us. This is what we're doing. We will make this happen. This is, you know, and he called me twice a day, every day for four days. Like, you sure? Are we really? And I'd kind of give him like a money update. Like, well, heck, we've gathered 150,000. We've gathered this. Oh, whoa. Wow. But are you sure? Like, it's still gonna. <laughs> yeah, man. Come on. Come on. He, well, he landed. One of Kevin's old college buddies was there to pick him up and got him there. And, and I think at the end, like talking to him at the end, he genuinely, until he stepped foot on the sand there, I, I genuinely don't know that – I don't know if he'll ever admit it, but I don't think he ever thought we'd pull it off. And he was just – this is just why I love Texas and the guys in this business. And um, he was uh, – he, he had a lot to hey, say. Hey, I'll, I'll admit, I didn't know – I don't know that we thought we could pull it off. <laughs> you know, I talked to I talked to Wintex Will and and daily, a couple times daily in the planning of, of both of the shows and we kind of bounced ideas off each other and 
Will said something that was probably my most motivation. This is kind of right when they were thinking that maybe the Fort Worth deal, which is their initial plan, was going to go down, not be able to happen. And uh, Will said, man, if we get shut down and can't do it, I will end this deal knowing that I did everything I could do to help these kids. And that's the mindset we took. And once we had all of our funds gathered and we had all of our money, and if they would have shut us down Monday afternoon, we had talked to most of our larger donors. We just divide the money up between the kids that were there. You know, everybody could go home, but, but we were going to do what we thought the most we could do for those kids. And that was the motivation behind all of it. Yeah. Will's pretty good at, uh, amping you up and uh rather he's on the microphone or whatever you know he puts that stuff on t-shirts and they sell like hot cakes or put it in your mind even better and you pull off a one heck of a show and i tell you even up here in ohio watching that thing grow on social media and just the amount of support that that weren't even in the state i mean i love to see uh the whole country kind of back that and i mean it's awesome and i got to see that just from a third third party's perspective on social media. And, hey, Corey, speaking of social media, we have yet another uh, very, very fun segment that I'd love to get your guys' take on. Social Smash. Brought to you by Brad Howe Ford, of course, in Kokomo, Indiana. Uh, times may be tough, but I'm telling you, their vehicles there are worth looking at, folks. Award-winning customer service that is second to none. Please go to Bradhound Ford and check out their inventory. Awesome stuff. So, guys, uh, Austin and Kevin both, this is one of my favorite segments that we do. Um, we just want to know your biggest pet peeves on social media. And if you're not such a, a social media follower, uh, just do an industry pet peeve and maybe how we can correct those. Oh, you go first, Austin. This would be good. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> I'll keep it PG. No, there's, I guess for me, I'm going to steal it. And there's two that um, I think there's absolutely no excuse for poor spelling and grammar on social media. We're all, we all have iPhones or say if you're a weirdo with a Samsung or whatever, um, it corrects that. You're not just let it happen. Just let it happen. Um, But then I, uh, we have to be very careful with what we publish in terms of accuracy of information. And we've actually, just removed a lot of of uh, segments that that we thought were valuable when some of the you know the accuracy of the info was questioned by us or people that like review our book before we publish it and that I guess is as we've gotten deeper and deeper into that the just blatant misinformation especially in the stock show world about mm. the use of products uh, the use of feeds the use of supplements, the, you know, anything like that. Um, it's normally the very first people when a, when a, when a, you know, a 14 year old um, says, how do I do this? And like somebody just blatantly says, Oh, well we feed two pounds of so-and-so or whatever. It's like, no, that's, 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 it's wrong. Just, I think the, <laughs> Maybe it's not the misinformation. It's the inability of people to say, you know, I don't know. I'm just going to put my following dot right here in the comments and I'm going to learn because uh, that it's people are quick to, by God, I want to answer, man, just sit back and 
let let the let the the feed wraps that are on those in those show groups let the you know the people that do it for a living or the people that know let them answer that and, and just watch and learn you don't have to be the first one to answer that's a good mm-hmm. one kevin what about Following you down. negativity in general yes um as I've grown in my professional career, both in the livestock business and outside of it, I have a hundred employees at my construction company and, um, and positivity is the best thing we have going for us outside of Jesus. <laughs> and there's no, there's no need in social media in a youth organization in business in leadership or in raising your kids and just negativity. And so that's probably my biggest thing. You know, everybody's the, the first person to say something negative or point a finger at somebody or say, you know, I don't like that guy or he cheated or I don't, you know, this feed ruined my animal or whatever. But um, I think if we'd focus more on positivity than we would negativity, it'd be better. And maybe this event that we're talking about and the circumstances that caused it, and then you can take that bigger to what we're now fighting economically in world health. Um, hopefully it brings that to people's um, forefront more than negativity. My news feed is filled most days with negativity and I have to bat- battle that out of my head. Um, every time I check social media to the point that I almost don't want to check it. Unfortunately, a, a large part of our income and the, business of livestock shows has morphed into a social media promoted and advertised business. It's the easiest way to reach people. So you have to be engaged and have to be involved. But um, negativity is my biggest pet peeve really in anything in my life. I just try to block it out. Mm, yep. Uh, that's a, uh, that's a big one. A lot of people pull that out when we do this segment, but it's so true. Uh, just stay positive And I mean, we need positivity now uh, more than ever. Quick break in the action, folks. We need to update you on something we haven't done a good job at. But the Stock Talk Podcast show tour, powered by Perina, on our show feeds, is going to happen. Please look for more information on our social media channels and on stocktalk-podcast.com. The show tour will go on. Back to the show. So as we as we kind of wrap up here, um, last couple thoughts. Um, so obviously what you guys have done has spurred a lot of um, a lot of talk up in the Midwest. Obviously we got our show season coming up uh, hot and heavy, especially the jackpot season. Um, I know several shows here in April have canceled already. Some in May uh, have pushed back. Um, talk about alternatives um, up here too. And one of those um, being some, some virtual shows. Uh, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on those. Uh, Trevor and I have talked quite frequently about those, how they would happen. That opportunity is obviously out there, uh, but uh, would like to get your guys' flavor on some of these other alternatives. Um, maybe we can start that underground stock show and club if we need to. Man, I don't know how, as somebody who doesn't judge much, but is judging a little bit, I don't know how a virtual show would work. Um, what I would tell people is maybe this is too out there or, or, you know, for the topic, but 
in my opinion, we have some constitutional rights that are being infringed on or being dang close to stepping on. And I would push towards being able to gather where you and your family choose to gather. Mm. And um, that would be the first thing I choose to do and do it professionally. You know, it's probably not on a Facebook petition, you know, so much as it is find the people in your community or your state that have the power to make the decisions and present something professionally to them and be organized and unified in your efforts. Um, if three of us would have, three different groups would have tried to put on a goat jackpot show and we would not have invited the sheep people and two or three of them in Texas would have tried to put on a sheep show. I would say none of them would have happened or, or at the most, a couple of them would have happened unsuccessfully. It's been okay. And yeah, we're not all on the same team. I can promise you that the 25 guys on my group text committee are 25 of the most competitive sheep and goat guys in Texas. And when we go to the ring, I mean, we are trying to beat each other, but we unified together to do something for the kids and for the industry. And we worked together on it and brought everybody to one place. No different than the pig guys did with the alternative. And um, I think that's what made it happen. And in, in other states, if you think you're fighting the same thing, then the best thing you can do is unify together. And that, that's, that would be my advice. Work together with each other instead of, you know, working in your cliques or your comfort level. And, um, you know, we're strength in numbers. We're strength in numbers for us um, to try to keep everything going for those kids. As far as the online show or virtual show, I'm going to defer that to Austin. You can edit that part out if you want to. <laughs> no, that uh, before you before we go uh, next, Austin. I I will say, uh, folks need to stop and rewind that because I could not agree more uh, with the fact that uh, more hands make less work, and the more people that you can get involved uh, in one of those deals, especially if there is a circumstance where where shows, uh, especially some of these bigger shows. Um, may be questioned whether we're going to have them or not. Um, let, let's, let's kind of keep those things in mind to, to allow these kids to actually show up and, and, and have a show. Um, personally, I think that needs to be our first reaction, but I digress. Austin, you're up. <laughs> oh, I've kind of blended an eye towards those virtual shows. And I mean, I think at this point, you know, doing whatever it takes to get the show in some form or fashion is, good i can see that you know opening up to we go back to the social smash topic and um, some of that negativity i could see that kind of breeding that negativity depending on who wins or who doesn't win or you know whatever but uh i I think it's a good idea i probably hop on that bus with kevin and say that you know the execution will be rough but or but you know keeping an open mind and and taking that as a, you know, just a place to exhibit livestock, whether you like the end result or not, you know, it's better than dressing up in your best show clothes and walking your animal through the, uh, through the sale ring, as I've heard in the last couple of weeks. So um, I, I think it could be good. I, I can't echo enough what Kevin said about whether the, whether the 20, 
20, 25 guys that were on the group text committee want to admit it. There had to have been some fears. I know there were some fears in me of how, like, how's this going to work, right? And this guy feeds his feed and reps these supplements and this guy works for this company. This guy does this and this guy's in this click. And um, we all had to be afraid of it. I'm sure deep down, but uh, it's going to take a, a group of people working towards the same goal, pulling on the same rope to, to be able to pull that off no matter where you're at. Yeah. I think the, the goal is the same. It's, it is truly for the kids and you hear that all the time, uh, you know, in summers past, well, we do this for the kids. Well, this is testing it and boy, it's, uh, it's true. I mean, look at what, what you guys did and, and you know, the virtual shows it's, I understand that there's a lot of what ifs and how to's and, um, but you know, some of the things that are started and are second nature to us today, we're kind of laughed at getting started. And I don't think, you know, this is something that happens for years and years, but man, when I make visits and I talk to these families that are like wide eyed and teary eyed, like what's going to happen. And just to give them a little hope on, Hey, the very least we could do is maybe videotape your animal and have somebody evaluate it for you. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are that are working on on how does this virtual deal work and I think it can it's just going to be totally different and that nothing's going to mirror uh, what we get in the livestock rings uh, but there's uh, there's nothing truer than what you guys are saying we all got to come together. There's a cool idea, cool idea that a buddy of mine I hate to, I don't want to interrupt but one of my best friends Hunter Morgan's ag teacher at Pearland um, they're south of Houston. And they had a bunch of kids geared up to go to the Houston Livestock Show, multi-species. And what they actually did was um, their local show and their school district and their local buyers group um, and their local fair board got together. And they postponed their show and they gathered funds um, for the premium auction. And what they did is they set a date and, and they said, okay, if our kids can't show their Houston projects by this date, then we've got a local slaughter plant south of Houston agreeable to, to slaughter all the animals. We've got a couple of ag teachers coming in and they're going to actually carcass grade them. And instead of a live, instead of a live show, it was a carcass contest. That's what they ended up doing. Um, but the kids, I mean, it, it was an ideal, maybe not the ideal scenario. Um, definitely not much showmanship involved in the carcass contest, but it, it was, as they said in the alternative, adapt and overcome solution. Um, they got the kids a chance to, to do something at least, you know. Well, I think regardless of what of what happens, uh, kind of like you said, we got we got to find a way. We will find a way, whatever shape or form that takes. Uh, the people want to be involved to help pull it off for the kids will will be uh, at the end of it all. So um, definitely something to to think about uh, as we move forward. Um, speaking of move, moving forward, I kind of want to take a look back to, um, one of the, one of the things Trevor and I love the most about this show is being able to talk to guys about, uh, about their history and their past. Um, so, and we can, we can start, uh, awesome with you here on this, this last question, um, is what, what are some of the lessons that the show stock industry has taught you, or maybe the biggest one? Um, I don't want to abuse the saying that they came up with, but that adapt and overcome is something that we've um, 
you know, we've had to certainly live by, maybe not by those exact words, but uh, I think I can think of a hundred different examples of, you know, the livestock industry, uh, whether that's the, the small sector of the show industry um, or the, you know, if we really want to get big picture and agriculture in general, uh, you know, the, the adaptations that have had to happen in the last month, in the last year, in the last 20 years, you know, in my, in the real, in the real job that I was talking about earlier that I'm blessed to have, uh, I, I get to work with dairy farmers every day, um, you know, in, in the panhandle of Texas and Southwest Kansas. And, um, one of the reasons when that job came available, um, that I took it is because dairy farmers as a whole, uh, are, some of the most resilient human beings on the face of the planet um, next to maybe, I don't know, the Aborigines in Australia or something, but um, <laughs> extremely resilient and then extremely forward thinking. And I think when those, those two combinations um, are something that if you think about it are very, very hard to come by. I've, I've talked to college classes at WT about this when I go speak to them, but um, there's so many resilient people that just, that, that revel in the fact that they're resilient, right? Like I can take it, you know, a butt chewing, I can get whipped, I can get, but to be resilient and forward thinking, to take that time out of the day from getting your butt kicked every day, to think forward and get better and be better and innovate. Um, that's something that I've taken away from the show, the, the livestock industry as a whole is, you know, even though you get beat, that doesn't, um, you know, give you that excuse to just stay where you're at. You got to innovate. You have to get better, um, and you have to keep pushing forward. And, you know, we did that in marriage. Uh, my wife and I. She doesn't beat me, not physically, but we do that in our we do that in our marriage. You know, I have uh, really had had to do that um, in my walk with Christ. Uh, I've had to do that in my real job professionally. We've had to do that in our graphic design business and the magazine business and what we're doing there. Um, so that's something that I carry with me on my shoulders every single day that, that it's taught me. Mm, love it. Boy, Kevin, what, uh, what lessons have you learned in this uh, stock show industry? Man, they're probably more recent than they are over the last 20 years. And I would say, both in the in the stock show industry and managing a multi-million dollar business with a hundred families to feed employees. I, I would say have a bigger purpose. Um, you know, we've said for years it's just for the kids, it's for the kids. And it's it's hard to say that, you know, when we're selling them high or, you know, competing and, and there's people that do it the right way and people that do it the wrong way. And I'm not here to tell you that I've done it the right way every day of my career at all. Um, but I think recently some of the bigger lessons that I've learned, um, that resonate and I think will for a long time is, is do it for a purpose, whatever you do. And, um, that's kind of why we're talking about what we're talking about. Kind of puts everything into perspective from the needing to, to win, the desire to win, the desire to compete, um, Man, when they tell you you can't have your goat show or your pig show because, um, you know, two and a half out of a million people might get 
the flu, they it, it kind of puts a lot of things into perspective. And I'm and I'm not diminishing COVID nineteen by any means. Um, there's people a lot smarter than me that they get to make those decisions, but puts a lot of things into perspective. Mm, sure does. Do it with a purpose more so than just trying to win the banner. Because those go away. I will tell you that. I mean, we've said earlier we've won more than our share of them. And uh, those go away. You know, you're on to the next one. It's an instant gratitude thing. You know, you win one and you're, you're instantly going to the next one. Yep. Because um, the business side of it, if you're selling them high or if you want to sell them high, it's not a, a what have you done for me business. It's a what have you done for me lately business. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do within your your life and your business that you think makes a difference? And what purpose are you putting towards that every day? And um, it'll kind of put some things in perspective if you stop and ask yourself those questions. Yeah. Well, that's big time. Both of you. Uh, this needs to be listened to uh, by everybody that's questioning why we're doing this and if we should go buy livestock, um, you know. There's a purpose out there. You just got to find yours. Not everybody has the same purpose, but uh, there's a lot of them that are pretty common. So, and 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 I will say, Kevin, what you what you just said right there, um, you know, for a guy that's that's one like your family has, and and some of the some of the goats that you've sold and things that you've done, um, I think it means a lot um, to up and coming breeders. Uh, to show families, to parents, um, show officials, to hear those comments, you know, coming from somebody that's one, because I feel like there's a little bit of a stigma at times uh, with bigger breeders thinking that they're just in it to win, to win shows and sell them high and and make money off the deal. Um, But I think that those are really powerful words. um, And I hope a lot of people take away, uh, some things that you said there. Um, it, it really probably does mean more than what you think. Um, I just kind of want to point that out, make sure people kind of caught, caught what's, what just happened there. Um, pretty cool stuff, man. Yeah. Both of you. I mean, they're, that's so true. And it's, it sucks that a hard time like this has to bring it out, but sometimes it has to be heard. So we got, we can't thank you both enough, Austin and Kevin, uh, for taking time out of this craziness and uh, for doing what you did with those kids, I know you were two of the 25, but uh, extend those uh, gratitudes towards everybody. Uh, you two um, are, uh, are very a vital part of that. And we appreciate not only jumping on the show, but what you've done down there in Texas uh, was phenomenal. So thanks so much for uh, jumping on here today. You bet, guys. Thoroughly enjoyed that one, Corey, uh, as I do most, but uh, Austin and Kevin really brought it uh, to this episode, um, their passion, their enthusiasm, and uh, it was really kind of fun to hear how they adapted so quickly uh, and impacted a lot of different families down there in Texas. So uh, kudos for reaching out to those guys, and we appreciate them jumping on the show for a very, very good episode. 100% good dudes. Um, and just goes to show you as we talked in the episode that this thing can happen and it will continue as long as we have people like Austin and Kevin in this industry to help push things forward. And I'm looking forward to, um, you know, getting to work with folks like them as we progress into the show season. 
Um, Trevor, I do want to say before we go that I want to remind people again of two things. Number one, the Stock Talk podcast, Build Your Legacy Scholarship. Uh, that is 100% a go. We're still on for that. And um, as some folks may know, that uh, any sort of money that you can get for a scholarship is awesome. Um, and the winner of that scholarship will receive $1,000 and a feature on a Stock Talk episode at some point in time in this year, which uh, we're expecting this year to be huge also because of one other thing. Oh, yes. The show tour powered by Perina on our show feeds will go on as well. Um, and it's happening, folks. It's going to happen. Uh, you know, we've got a long year ahead of us and the show tour is going to happen um, along with our Build Your Legacy Scholarship. Two things that could go hand in hand. And uh, just wanted to bring that out to everybody again. The uh, social media channels are up and firing. Of course, make sure you follow those on any exciting information we have. Our website as well, we've got uh, to do a little bit better job of updating those information. But there's cool, funny videos to pass your time on there. Uh, make sure you check those out. Um, mm-hmm. We're trying to beef that up a little bit. But, um, guys, stay positive. I, if, I can, uh, if you got anything out of this episode, that was one of them. Um, adapt and overcome. And uh, we're going to move forward. A lot of cool things happening. A lot of exciting things happening. And we're just going to adapt with the time. So uh, go follow us on all those social medias and give us a five-star on Apple Podcast. We love each and every one of you guys. Thanks so much. This has been another edition of Stock Talk. Keep it weird. I got to go.